And here we are, Nick, the last episode of a year of podcasting. Do it's you It's kind of cool, dude. It's kind of cool. I I I don't know if I've said this before. What I remembered when we originally started talking about doing a podcast was I just really wanted to be at a point where I could be like, yeah, we're on episode 17. Like, I feel like for whatever reason, 17, 17. is going to be the number. Like, okay. where I feel like it wouldn't be so new and so embarrassing to tell people. Yeah, uh, that's and, true. And now... I have a much easier time telling people now, but go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. Well, now, now, now the problem is it's like, oh, yeah, I just, I have this podcast that I've been doing for over, well, now it'll be over a year uh, yes. after this episode. And that's a long time. It's like the opposite. It's like, I'm just a little embarrassed to tell you I've been doing this secretly. Uh, but I, yeah, I have this podcast that I've been doing for a year. Um, I know. But it's pretty cool. It is. Any, any initial, like, any any reactions from recording our our last episode of the year? Uh, yes, one okay. it's it's very cool because we we've stuck with it. We've done it every week, and like I didn't know how to seriously to take not how seriously to take. I didn't know how seriously it was gonna you know like how much we were gonna dedicate to it. And yeah, and two, um, dude, did you feel like we were gonna figure out some more specific to like niche or like more specific thing to talk about than we did? Because I, that's what I thought we were going to do. I thought it was going to be less, um, like, general topics that remain interesting and that we were going to just find something that we dove into. But I'm not like that. My brain's ADD, and I love this format of just, like, it it reminds me of video essays, but just, like, in a more casual, like, discussion kind of way and that we can just talk about what the hell ever, whether we, like, give it it, uh, tons of research or not. And also, I'm not giving it the, the, you know... The seriousness of a, a video essayist probably does, but whatever. <laughs> like any good video essay uh, that's presented in an audio form, <laughs> question mark. Exactly, um, exactly. It, my my response comes in two parts. So, uh, one, I I really enjoy this format in general. Um, I I I it will not surprise anybody to know that like the the thing that we're doing is not a thing that is. Uh, original like a lot of people no. do this thing that are much more that have a much wider reach than what we do hey but jeff uh, all all art is derivative okay all of it <laughs> yeah all okay is. god <laughs> shut up you idiot <laughs> um <clears throat> but like like and like legitimately I, I i'm just doing this because it is a thing that i enjoy doing like it's a, a thing that i enjoy consuming and it's a, a thing that i enjoy making um so that's that's my first part my second part is that I, I find this sort of thing therapeutic to listen to, but I think the reason why I enjoy making this podcast is because like, I genuinely find talking to you about dumb things that I find fun and interesting therapeutic in a way that like it's a creative outlet, but it's a creative outlet with a good friend talking about fun things and like where else can you find that sort of thing right now like that's you totally can't it's it's not and like i don't mean to stroke your ego too much but you're really fun to talk about these things with and it really feels good to be able to 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 actually have an outlet to do that because I am a creative person. Like I, I got really excited in it's high very school clear. Yeah. when like all that I wanted to do was do pottery stuff because I was good at it and I enjoyed doing it and I enjoyed working hard at it. And I don't, but I can't go to high school. And, like I, I would get the cops called on me. Yeah. Right? That's, like, I was going to say, I'm sorry. Right. You could do anything once. Um, <laughs> but no, I can't, I can't go do pottery at high school anymore, <clears throat> but I really enjoyed the creative experience. I really enjoyed doing our like middle school announcements when I was in middle school. Like I enjoyed editing it and I enjoyed doing it. I joked about how like that didn't qualify me for being a good editor uh, of a podcast, and like I one hundred percent stand by like the revisionist history version of that, which is correct in saying that I was not good at that. Um, but but you, I, you've got you've got it really down. Like it, the, the the edits feel very sharp to me. I mean, I, I am biased, of course, but well, they're objectively better than they were for the first few episodes. Yeah. there's no doubt about that. Of course, um, but no, I. It is so. It is such a nice outlet 
that I I I expected to have the the creative side of like the 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 creative itch scratched because I've always enjoyed that, but it 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 scratches a lot more itches than I thought it would, which is a weird thing to say. But like I really enjoy doing a podcast. Like it's really fun. It lets me like research things, which is the sort of thing that I really enjoy doing. It lets me uh, you know dive deep on certain issues it lets me spend a ton of time editing audio which is a weird thing that apparently i enjoy um and if nothing else if i don't enjoy any of those other things i just gotta hang out with people that i wouldn't have otherwise hung out with as you well know because we rarely talked <laughs> like far far less than we do now anyways yeah it, it's way uh, we could talk way more I and I totally agree with you that this is like hitting a creative urge that I I didn't really realize that I had. I'm glad that it's it's working well to hit yours as well. Like that it hits, uh, that helps with like making you feel more creative and getting you to like have projects to work on. It. I know I know that you're kind of good with like creative projects. I, I've always kind of thought that you were from other stuff that you've talked about with me. So it's it's that's good. Um, I I will say it's uh it's interesting because um I have uh imposter syndrome with basically everything that i ever do and i know that we do like it's uh you know when we talk about a topic we call them like that we've researched it you know you know like we've always said a bunch Mm -hmm. that it's internet research not lab research (laughs) yeah um but i i think us doing this in a very like entertainment style way like if this was if you you know the term infotainment which is not us but we'd be like all caps tainment and then like size (laughs) two info right um but like i think that that makes it like it it quells my uh imposter syndrome uh yeah. fears like when i at my old job whenever i was tasked with uh training someone new i'd be like you want me to train a new hire <laughs> you want me to do what are you sure i'm qualified to do that i've only worked here for five years you want and- me to explain anything <laughs> remotely complicated that- or interesting to a group of people <laughs> right <laughs> that's right. crazy right but like the fact that we're doing it as a conversation yeah. that's just fun and like laughing at it the whole time makes it makes it feel a lot better and i, and I uh it, it uh and dude i i've enjoyed it so much it's been such a good creative outlet and a good conversational outlet and a good way to reconnect for us and yeah it's it's been perfect for me man yeah and i really appreciate our listeners even when you tell us that we're wrong uh honestly mostly when Probably you tell more, us that we're wrong yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's like it, it is it has been a lot of fun uh and i i really really appreciate the opportunity to be able to have an audience even if it is like a weird amateur podcast audience where it's a little bit like I'm just wandering into the wild west of uh, people and talking to people, but it it's fun. I, I enjoy it a lot and I wouldn't trade it for the world. Um, but yeah, I think we should probably, I mean, I feel like Start. that's enough. I feel like yeah. that's good enough. Like, no more probably... navel gazing or whatever <laughs> it's called. Yeah, it's not good. <laughs> Way to make it weird. All right, let's start the show. The year we started a podcast, the episode where we finish a first year of a podcast, where I am your co-host Jeff, <laughs> and where I am, <laughs> I am your other co-host Nick, uh, where we land gracefully and talk about some of the things that mm-hmm. are mm-hmm. fun and interesting to us. I skip part of that. That's fine. It's fine. It's all good. Uh, we've done it for a year. Who who could expect anything better than what we've already given them at this point? Um, <laughs> uh, certainly not me don't worry <laughs> okay look look you know what we got sentimental at the stop at the top but i do As want do. to i want to i want to bring it back to our roots <clears throat> what Ooh. nick if i was to say what do you think the roots of this podcast are um I mean, specifically the roots that I bring to as the, uh, the co-host jeff what uh, what do you what would you say I would say What's, what do I you bring? bring positivity and uh, and knowledge of a lot of miscellaneous stuff. <laughs> okay, positivity and 
uh, lightheartedness is what I would say. Light- okay, well, that's very kind of you. We're just going to continue to be kind to each other throughout yeah. the show. Okay, that's 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 going to be my new resolution for uh, the one episode. For the one <laughs> for, episode, hey, no, this kind. is this is still the first year. So like yeah. next next uh, year's for the worth rest of, of this podcast. year, I will be kind. <laughs> for uh, the, during next, <laughs> yeah, thank you. Um, okay, so Nick. I'm, I'm, I'm honestly, you know, I kind of take back everything that we talked about. Like I, I'm a little bit offended that you didn't know that the thing that I bring to this show is social awkwardness and social anxiety and et cetera. Oh, Jeff, that's because I also bring that. You don't think I bring that, but I bring a lot of that, a lot, a lot, a lot. Okay. Okay. Before I even tell this story. So, okay. Like behind the, behind the curtains, like me and Nick, we record this show. And then I edit this show. And then I proceed to, like, remove all memory of this show, apparently, from my head. <laughs> and occasionally, we, like, repeat topics. I want to make dead sure, Nick, that at least you're on board with me. Have I talked to you about mystery ice cream delivery? I don't think so. Okay. I don't, it didn't sound familiar in the topic thing. Okay, I just, I want to make, like, if we're going to be wrong, we're going to be wrong together. And if we're wrong at, like, midway through, you're going to stop me and correct me. I just want you to know that I have consumed so much caffeine and and sugary (laughs) nonsense in my life that, like, my brain is not functional. Like, I don't believe that it is any longer, like, a fully functioning human adult's brain. It's just, like, a mess of, like, caffeine addiction and... If I don't know, it's not my fault. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's I cannot not, be held accountable. You cannot I be cannot, held accountable. Exactly. That's fair. All right, we're going to dive in. Okay. So, Nick, uh, you know how I am with people. <laughs> I don't even know how else to, like, expound upon yeah, that. I just, like, I do. Go, I, go I, I generally like to not inconvenience people. Like, I feel very awkward about that. So, uh, my wife has been going through some work stuff. Uh, we are very, very fortunate to be in the position that we are. Uh, she gets to work from home and, uh, by and large gets to like hang out with our kids when they're doing like kids stuff. Uh, but she's been going through some work things that have been hard. And it was one night. It would have been maybe like last Thursday or something like that. So like a week ago or shortly, uh, less than that. And, Somebody showed up at our door and came with an uh, order from like Uber Eats or something like that. And Nick, I'll tell you. Do you remember like the original story from I somebody do. bringing food? Ba- okay, they brought do- food to your neighbor's place, and you had and it, was, it was and it was and it was yes, it was our food, but it yes. got delivered to our neighbor's house, and we found out a little bit too late after they'd eaten they'd part already, of it. Yep, and they felt and they felt terrible. And it was the middle of the pandemic. So, like, just all these things added together equaled a very, very awkward encounter with our neighbors. So, this person comes over is like, hey, here's some ice cream from a local ice cream place. I'm delivering this to you. And we're like, oh, hey, you know what? We didn't order this. Uh, But the people across the street, they have the same same, uh, street number as us, but different street name. So it's probably there. So you just walk across the street and like go go give that to them. And it was like a half hour later. And then the same girl knocks on our door again. And she's like, hey, this has been lots of confusion. I've worked really hard. Uh, I finally like got a hold of the person who was supposed to deliver this or who bought this. And she said it was for you. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, you have been working on this? For a half hour, I what? appreciate you. I appreciate this oh, so much. Man. I I accept. I, honestly, at this point, I don't even know any of the details. All I can say is thank you. I accept it. Please, you've been removed from the responsibility of this. And like, I took the 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 two ice cream. They they were like in like cups. Uh, like they were like frosty cups, but like from a different not not from Wendy's, but like from another yeah, the, local place. Style. But they had like ice cream inside these cups. I'm like, thank you so much. I really, really appreciate it. But like, I was so awkwarded out that I didn't like know how to respond right away. And then I'm like, oh my gosh, like this poor girl has spent half an hour. She's like a delivery driver for Uber Eats or whatever, has made probably like $5 
this entire time. And yet had to make sure that delivery was the right and, place. And, because, and, yeah. and like, like went way out of her way, like more so than anybody else. And so like, I don't carry cash on me. And so like, I panicked like super bad. I'm like, Oh my gosh, <laughs> like this poor girl deserves a tip. And so like, I, I, I like, I run into my wife, like into our bedroom and ask my wife, like Katie, like, do, like, do you have cash? And she's like, yes, I have cash. This is my wallet, and my purse. And I'm like, okay, thank you. And I go to, I like, I just like rob my wife of cash and like run out and like she's like driving away and like i sprint her down i'm like hey hey whoa whoa whoa, whoa. and like like hey thank you so much for making this happen and i i, I tipped her nicely and nice. but like if she would have not like if she would have driven away like 30 seconds earlier or 10 seconds earlier you, would, you wouldn't have found her you wouldn't Nick, have got her we, would have ha- we, we, we would not have this podcast like the You'd fact be that searching i for yes exactly i would be like going through the streets trying to find this oh I, my god nick i like uh, they're like okay yes i i consider myself like a wait did you say s- what day this was was this just now it was like half a week ago. Oh, okay. Like yeah, yeah, Thursday sorry, or okay. something like that. But like, Nick, if I could not have found her and I would have been dealt the guilt <laughs> that would have been like, hey, this girl was super nice, tried to find you guys, like to deliver this, finally figured out that you were the right place and also had to do it for no tip, like I would have died. Like 100% <laughs> would have died. Like, Oh my God. Like, we talked about the funny thing about, like, where, like, my coffee place that I go to where I feel guilted to just tipping a dollar despite the fact I that it's $2. I was literally going to mention you said that you tipped well, and I was like, oh, yeah, like, you tipped the freaking coffee place with their one dollar. <laughs> Shut up. I told you. Nick, I told you I would tip them $100 if I didn't have to answer the awkward question. I Shut failed up. my commitment to be nice to you for the rest of the <laughs> It took, no. me, it took me 17 <laughs> minutes of recording episodes. <laughs> That's all I had to be. <laughs> oh, oh, man. But, but no, it was just like, oh, my gosh. Like, I, I felt so bad. And I literally ran out with my wife's purse with, <laughs> like, like, trying to fish out her wallet, like, to give her money. Because, like, like, what a great person to spend that much time to actually figure out who this belonged to. Because as a person who's been... <laughs> been wronged on the other end of like just having your food delivered to your neighbor's house and then they eat it like that was 10 out of 10 awkward and somebody like taking the time to like make sure they found the right place and it it was ultimately like a nice thing at uh, on the uh you know on the part of my wife's workplace and like we just didn't know and i I turned them away i just i felt so bad and i'm so glad that we were able to chase her down because like like i would feel i would feel so so bad like (laughs) there's nothing worse than the social awkwardness of like dealing with weird awkward uh encounters dealing with tipping but being the person who shorted somebody and forced them to spend a half hour is like that is just ten, like that is seventeen out of ten worse for yeah that for me been, that, that would have been a lot of guilt for you to it's, like sorry, oh buddy. man you spent like half extra half hour and you just dropped that at my doorstep and left like oh my gosh please 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 send me your address or Venmo or something because like oh my gosh that was so bad uh, so that was quite uncomfortable. That's, it honestly sounds very uncomfortable. It sounds like your worst nightmare, basically. <laughs> yeah. No, basically it was my worst nightmare. And I'm very glad that it worked out because uh, people – those people is good people. Like there's there's so many people that like are just doing a job. But if they are faced with like just driving off – because she could have easily just like picked the next job and moved on. But she took the time to actually try to figure this out and called somebody who was, you know, a half a continent away to figure out where – like where this was supposed to go and then figured out with our weird, uh, like our, my, my city has terrible, terrible, like marking systems for addresses. And she like was willing to figure out how all that worked and did it all. And what a good person she deserved. Sounds like, sound like they deserved tip. it. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Completely agree. <clears throat> so Nick, we have, we have one of two things we can talk about some gratitude things, which I don't know. I feel like I've been a little bit mushy or we can talk about, uh, some 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 follow up on some sports things. 
Hmm. I mean, I'm happy with either one, dude. Uh, if you want to be mushy more, I'm down. Or we can, if you think it's too mushy and it's not fitting the thing, I can, we can talk uh, follow-up on sports. Let's talk about follow-up on sports. Actually, Nick, okay. Well, I do want to talk about follow-up on sports. Do you, before we do that, though, do you know what sushi-grade fish means? No. Tell me. Okay. <laughs> what um, does that mean, Jeff? <clears throat> yeah. Okay. I want to talk about this, and the only reason I really want to talk about it is because I talked about how I have some sort of allergy to some sort of fish. And okay. so what I have done recently is I will go – Nick, when when did you first have sushi, like, uh, in your in your lifetime? I can remember going to sushi for sure in my freshman year of high school, probably around then is like the okay. first time. So, like, I don't and know. And I don't think that? it was fancy like, or anything. Like 14, just, 15 or whatever? Yeah, yeah, 14 or 15. So I was like 25, and <laughs> which I feel like is the difference between growing up where you grew up and first growing up in Kansas. Just, I, just grew up in, in Whiteville, California, <laughs> Rich Whitesville, California. It's real good. Go ahead. And fine. I'm pretty sure – yeah, I'm pretty sure that like at 14, you probably had better sushi than I've had probably in my life. Um, there, I have some caveats to that probably, but like, you know, more or less. Anyways – we talked about some sushi stuff the other day, and uh, two episodes ago, I was like, I I had a very, very clear allergic reaction to some kind of sushi that I had eaten, and this is not the first yep. time that this has happened to me. Like, the, I, I love, I love sushi. I'm like, it is my favorite food, but there is some kind of sushi, and like, the problem with me is I order, like... I want I want everything. Like I want all of the sushi, like all the different types. I enjoy it so much. But there is one type of something that I am super allergic to. And so what I have done recently is I've stopped ordering all of the sushi and I order only order one type of fish at a time. And so like today I went to lunch and I ordered salmon, like salmon nigiri and okay. So like I just like just doing salmon stuff. Yeah. And I had no reaction. That's but a win. It it is a big win. But what it made me think of, like, man, can I like is this is this an accurate experiment? Because like there I don't really understand what sushi grade fish means. And like maybe I just got like bad fish. I'm not really sure. And yeah, so I don't know what it means either. Okay, I I, I want to tell you. Uh but then I want to like ask a question after that. Um so sushi grade fish from best I can tell is sushi that is on the scale of fresh. Either one has been frozen for like, like 15 hours or something like that. Very short amount of time. If it's a very, very fresh or two has been frozen for a week. If it's like slightly less fresh. And the only reason why they do that, like there's no other reason other than it kills parasites. And so I think, like, if you get frozen salmon, like, I'm pretty sure you can just, like, straight up eat that, which is very weird to me. Yeah, Because I've is. always thought of, like, sushi as, like, some, like, magically uh, pristine, very, very pure fish. But I think it is, I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but I think it's just I'm eating raw fish that has been frozen for a second. Like, I'm pretty sure that's yeah. what it is. All yeah. of it is though. Like I looked into a little bit more. Like it's the same thing for like tuna and albacore and red snapper and etc. Like it's all, like it's all just fish fish that has been frozen for a second. Okay. And that feels really weird to me. <laughs> I it does. It like, does. Does that feel weird to you? Like that's it, what it, sushi is. Like it you just. Does. Like yeah, I, I don't know. I, I I don't really know how to reconcile this. Like yes. But I think it's just like normal. It's like, yeah, it's just frozen for just a little bit, right? Like it's just just for a little bit, right? Uh, I don't know. But like like beef tartare, which is like the, the raw beef version of sushi, is also kind of the same thing, I think. Like I feel where, like I shouldn't trust we shouldn't trust that. Like that it, that you're just eating raw know. food that you've only been frozen for a little bit. That doesn't seem good. But I maybe yeah, maybe that's what my thing is, is like raw meat in general, like I've been so ingrained in me as a bad thing, and it's like really, really weird to one, even accept that as okay, but two, like 
unapologetically enjoy <laughs> beyond belief. Like I, I love sushi so, so much. And to know that is like, Oh man, that's just, that's just like, you just caught it out of the, the, the river. And then, uh, you froze it for like, like half a day. And then you can just, you're just no, good. Fine. Like just no, go to fine. town. It's now fine it's now. fine. It's just, yeah, it's so, it's so wild to me. I don't know what to say about it. That, yeah. I, I don't even know what my point is. Like, yeah, it's just, it's it very, just, I guess it's the juxtaposition between that and like, meat right because like you wouldn't do that with chicken like if you didn't cook the chicken you just you know you die you just be dead it's just like all right well that's that's the end of dick so as this relates to sushi grade sushi grade fish uh like one i get i guess i get that this is like the that's the real thing is that like i did i would never have thought that like freezing it is what kills the stuff but i guess that makes sense i've just never really questioned why it's okay in fish but not okay with chicken and to a lesser extent not okay with beef um because beef you don't have to cook as much to get like you don't have to cook it almost at all right uh if so it's it, yeah so like you, depending on the bacteria technically technically yeah beef you can just straight up eat raw and honestly most meat you can eat straight raw okay uh it's just there's a percentage chance of uh badness that you have with that right and it's it, it's very interesting but yeah if you freeze fish uh for a certain amount of time depending on how it was raised and etc like you can just straight up like cut it off and take a bite and you're good and that feels very weird like yep. i yep. like if i were to go to like walmart right now i could buy some salmon from their like little meat section put it in my freezer for 7 days and technically that's sushi grade salmon when I thought out. <laughs> but the amount of confidence I would have of pulling that out of my freezer, letting it thaw, sh- chopping off a piece of it, and straight up eating it without cooking it, that seems wild compared to going to whatever sushi restaurant, which by and large probably is doing about the same thing, give or take, because that is how it works. Like, it is so. Like that is so incomprehensible one direction, but yeah. nonetheless, I still just do the opposite of that, which is just blindly trust the sushi restaurant uh, to do the other side. Of it. I don't. It's it's very very strange. Jeff, in my in my the people that I trust the most in the world are the people preparing my sushi and the people preparing my pokey. Because if I if I start questioning it, that will question. <laughs> Half of my meals that I eat out, like when I eat out, like only uh, half, huh? <laughs> only half, yeah. Only half of my DoorDash deliveries and uh, and uh, restaurant visits are to sushi and pokey. I think I, I'm prob- probably actually more. You're probably right. I'm sorry, ah, man. No, I just want to eat fish though. Even like I that's know. the wild thing is like even with all this weirdness, I love it so much. I like as a person who really didn't eat sushi at all until they were in like their professional career. Like, oh my gosh, it's so good. Oh my gosh, it's so good. Even if it makes, even if I have an allergic reaction occasionally, it's fine. I like, I can feel like I have the flu. It's, it's worth it. Nick, let's talk about this very interesting topic uh, that I was like tangentially aware of to some degree, but yeah. uh, not, not to the probably the extent that you know. So, you want to explain to our listeners what we're going to be talking about? And yeah. we can just kind of dive in. Okay. Uh, it's so interesting. Today, this week, we're going to talk about the metaverse, which is mm. a thing that's in the news a lot this year, I feel. I feel like this is a year of people just talking about the metaverse. Uh, and you say that you're tangentially aware of it. I don't feel like it's fleshed out enough that anyone can be super dug in. Um, I've, had, I've talked to some people who work in tech circles or tech-related industries that mm-hmm. seem to feel like they ha- they have a real good grasp on what the metaverse is, and I do not believe them. Uh, no offense <laughs> to Chris or Tommy out there. I uh, love you both, but I do not believe you. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, but so, what do you, what do you know about the metaverse? Or would you rather me give a broad a, a no? Broad... Here's my perspective. Yeah. One, it sounds like a thing that is 100% going to be a thing that we all like think of as commonplace in the next handful of years. Sure. I think that it is a thing that we feel like we understand and will realize how little we understand it in a few years. 
Um, but uh, like, if you want me to give a definition of what it actually is, it is our digital presence in uh, in the world, uh, and represented by then. Uh, depending on who, you, like where you look at this, uh, <laughs> like by an avatar, but if nothing else, by some sort of digital identity, yes, uh, where your experiences are uh, all combined into this one way that you experience uh, the the broader internet and all the weird things that the internet does, right. Uh, it, it, you'll hear people say call it like Web 3.0 because it's supposed to be like replacing the uh, the internet. Um, Facebook is very bought into the idea that it will mostly be VR. It'll be like mm-hmm. VR experiences or AR experiences. Um, but uh, I mean, there's so many visions for it. That's what I think is very interesting. Uh, Facebook uh, or Zuckerberg said today that Facebook is going to rename itself, and they've said previously that they want to stop yes. being considered a social media company and start being considered a metaverse company. Uh, multiple big tech leaders, like um, I, I guess I say tech, big tech leaders, mostly Zuckerberg and uh, what's the name of the guy, Tim Sweeney from Epic Games, mm-hmm. uh, have talked about the metaverse being the future and talked about their platforms being more about the metaverse than about gaming or about Facebook, um, which I think has kind of made it a thing. Do you feel like the idea of a VR version of a metaverse is a kind of thing that is actually achievable in the next, I don't even know how long, like 10 years? For Man, this is weird. So my answer is no. But my, like, subtext answer is my experience with my son dealing with VR as a person who is five years old and has no context for any other video game, anything, or any sort of internet, whatever. And he asked me questions, like, this is like a year ago. It's like, honestly, he had just turned four years old at the time. And was like asking me if this is real and is this a real place? And he wanted to go back to that real. He wanted to, he wanted to go back to that place after we had gone home. And I do feel like like a younger generation is like infinitely more open to this than what we like you know us old millennials are <laughs> are used to. Like they are very very open to that. Like the more experiential through physical or through uh, through digital like it, it doesn't really have a distinguishing like line that we draw for us like because uh, for us like going to the grand canyon and experiencing the grand canyon are inseparable for us right i don't think that's the case for my kid i don't think he separates that like uh, well i will i will say if you made a sufficiently immersive vr experience i don't think that i would really care that much about the difference i mean if if i'm totally immersed in my senses uh, like what am i missing out on being able to say that i was physically there like i I don't care about like what does that matter Right. right right but i don't feel like am i crazy in thinking that that's not the limiting thing is people being open to vr experiences and more vr tech vr accessibility and uh i mean Besides VR accessibility, how do you make a seamless production between multiple different companies and multiple different experiences? So, like, if, for example, talking about just Avatar stuff, because people are very interested in the Avatar spa- aspect of it. I don't think that's as big as, um, you know, the, for our listeners, there's a really big influence from uh, two novels that are, uh, like, basically about blueprints of a metaverse, uh, mm-hmm. Ready Player One and uh, Snow Crasher. Uh, I haven't read either. I've seen Ready Player One. Uh, but like there's a really, really big emphasis in those and having like a digital avatar that you get to customize and whatever else. But it's not a simple thing to get around IP for certain things to like say that every platform, every digital platform can have a Batman uh, avatar is not a, a thing that Batman's going to be in love with without without or Warner Brothers is going to be in love with without uh, or whoever owns Batman now, DC, I have no idea, um, without getting paid. And then two, okay, so you make a 3D uh, version of, of fat, uh, Batman for Fortnite uh, because Fortnite is trying to do experiential stuff inside of their, inside of, uh, or Epic Games is trying to do experiential things inside of Fortnite as like 
a, a mini precursor or mini experiences of metaverse like uh i don't know if you've heard of like the 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 in-game concerts but it's, it's genuinely kind of a yeah. cool thing uh for our listeners there's uh like they did multiple concerts with a giant travis scott so like you're not actually playing yes. an active match but you're in the game with your friends with your avatar and you go to an area uh where a giant travis scott was doing a digital concert and that's kind of cool like i kind of dig the idea that like you could get online and like go to a concert with bo- with your friends i would love the full concert experience all the time but there's definitely t- i mean i'd i'd rather go see a concert even digitally that i couldn't you know then have to drive 4 hours or if my if the the band i want to see is across the the world not see them at all right point being okay so you can get a batman avatar in digital uh or batman avatar in uh fortnite but how does that translate to a more 2d space like uh like a, a side scroller or how does that translate to a vr space because it's not a vr model that like would be perfectly equipped to to just like translate over how does that translate to a lower resolution game like i don't know minecraft and is it all of that very restrictive in terms of like the hardware necessary to get it relative to the internet which is very accessible because you can get it on basically everything right now um you can get it on a 50 dollar uh pay-as-you-go track phone or whatever versus but you could not do anything of the sort with Fortnite or uh definitely not vr so i want to pull the ripcord as far as like talking about this from a video game perspective and just yeah. talking about I, I would i love i love this conversation from an entertainment perspective yeah um live experiences are a commodity that are extremely valuable uh like that has been a thing that like Obviously, you know, bands have taken advantage of, but also like comedians and other various forms of live shows, etc. And the obvious, like the obvious, uh, like restraint there is like you have to physically be there in person to experience the in person experience, which seems like like that seems obvious. But I do, I do genuinely feel like that could be broken down. And commoditized. So what what I mean by that is uh, one of the podcasts that I love that uh, you, you know what I'm talking about, they um, they have a in-person live show for the first time in a couple of years that will be out in Seattle. Yes. And I'm certainly not going to go to Seattle. No. Uh, I don't have the time, money, et cetera, to go to Seattle. Like that's Or you not, at least don't have it for cards. just this. Yeah. Not, not for just this. Um, but if I could pay... $200 to have my VR body go walk and in, walk into the, the theater and except for my physical body being there, experience it live in person. That is a, that is a steal to me. I totally agree. And totally to agree. experience that sort of thing that is a physical event, but to be able to do so where I can like actually like feel like I'm there, like I have the VR, I can look around, I can see everybody around me. Maybe my corpse isn't there, but by all <laughs> other like all other intents and purposes, like I physically am there. Like I am there for all the all the sensory reasons I'm there. Like I yes. have all of the like laughter around me, I have all of the the visuals in front of me, I have the experience of having that happen in real time i totally agree like to me that is incredibly valuable in a way that i would pay significantly more than i would pay to like just show up to something that is local to me yeah and the reason being is like i wouldn't have to like go buy a plane ticket and buy hotel or two like two nights worth of hotel uh, in order to go see them even though it would be something that i would love love to do we're talking like an investment of a thousand dollars if I wanted to do it by myself and yeah. probably two thousand dollars if I wanted to have my wife. And it's just not that's not economically feasible. But no. if I could digitally be there, like in the same sense that I could physically be there. Yeah. Yeah. Like that is fantastic. And I that's where I, I like I see this growing so dramatically is I don't think physically being in places is going to matter as much very much longer. 
at all. When when we talked about the VR thing with your son, I actually meant to bring up metaverse stuff because yeah, I completely agree. I, I completely, completely, one thousand percent agree with you. And and it like I um it, like I said, I'm on board with like the idea that a VR experience could be just as just as good as a uh a physical experience if you're just replicating vision especially right like if you get sufficiently good tech like like what are you mm-hmm. missing or vision, vision and audio i guess but like what are you missing yeah. if you go, if you're going to a, a comedy show like a comedy show is just is like i mean sure you can get food you can have like the the feel of the place physically i guess and like the smells but the, you're not missing much like you're you're getting ninety nine percent of the experience that you want. Certainly right? not eight hundred, eighteen hundred dollars worth much. Like right, if, if you can get within a you know stone's throw of it. Right, and there's experiences that you outright would not be able to have. Like I mean, even if you, even if we're talking about the limitations of that, like I, I mean, the limit, the limitation of that is just talking about the financial aspect. But there's some stuff that is just literally not possible to do. I couldn't go to a, a basketball game in New York and a concert in LA in the same day, right? Like you just or like go. head over to the, the Olympics in Japan, like briefly, and right. then head back to a concert that you wanted to go to uh, in Minneapolis. Or, like it's just not a thing that happens. Or how many, I mean, like it, I know that they sell out massive, massive stadiums, but how many people would love to be at the Super Bowl but simply cannot get tickets? Like it's, Which, I mean. like, like Nick, you like yes, one hundred percent. If I could have paid to have a VR version of my experience watching the Super Bowl, right, uh, where the Chiefs won, like that would have been invaluable to me. Like I wouldn't have to be there. Like that's a very expensive, like ticket to fly and a hotel and etc. But if I could have just enjoyed being there virtually with people, like that's it. The physical part of it only matters so much, you know. It's Completely very agree. weird. It's very weird. Completely agree. But I am critical of the idea. So, like, I, I guess what I the reason that I bring this up, and I brought it up in a kind of adversarial tone, and I didn't mean to do that, but uh, it's it's kind of where my head is always at when it comes mm-hmm. to things like Facebook, uh, is I guess I just don't see the internet, um, or like I, I don't see the internet being replaced so seamlessly, and I don't see that like you know, big tech companies have a vested interest in proclaiming the future because when they proclaim that that tech is going to go a certain way, that technology is going to shape a certain way, especially very large changes, they are pushing for a change that they can they can capitalize on, right? They, they say this stuff in part because they want to be able to capitalize on it. Um, Facebook, for instance, is saying, uh, or Zuckerberg in a, a thing, in a way that sounded very dystopian to me, uh, <laughs> said, imagine being able to work anywhere, anytime. And, uh, you know, like it's, and he, they had a uh, presentation where he's, uh, apparently I, I didn't actually watch the presentation. I don't remember if, the, if that one was actually publicly available or not, but I was reading a uh, verge article on this and he did a interview with the verge is the reason I was reading that is, uh, he was talking about having like digital whiteboards that you could log into a VR meeting for instead of Zoom and everybody could be around and everybody could physically engage with a whiteboard. And I just don't see that that actually brings a ton of utility that would justify bringing uh, VR headsets. And I also think that, that would make us like disconnect from our, you know, it would make our work-life balance even more hard to, to regulate if like we were expected to be on calls and on, with a VR headset on all the time i just would i i feel like people would you know the idea would be oh well you get to go home and then you don't have to drive into work and there's truth to that but i i just picture it as being more on call and more connected and more uh watched at all times because you're on a vr space it's like why aren't you moving around in vr do you take your headset off so you can go walk your dog or something or to let your pay attention to your kids or whatever yeah that 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 seems a little out of touch a little bit because Right. I especially like I don't know if I would have had this opinion like pre-pandemic, but especially as a person who has worked through a pandemic, uh the idea of a remote or a digital whiteboard or whatever the frick, like that is that is not in touch with the reality. Whiteboards in my opinion are the greatest thing ever when it comes to collaboration, but they are a in-person physical medium only. Totally. Like there is no like there is a there's a certain right. reason why that works and I don't exactly understand why it is, but 
it does not translate digitally at all. Like it is truly, it is the greatest accomplishment of physical interpersonal communication that doesn't like it, like we'll have to figure out the equivalent <laughs> for digital, but it's not trying to recreate the experience of physical and digital space. Like it is not, that is not happening. Like right. 0%. To- completely, completely agree. And that's, that's my, my point is uh, that I, I feel like we are being told a lot by a couple of people and not told a lot, but like there are a couple of very, vocal voices in the idea of the metaverse and one of them is is zuck and uh you know i don't mean to just take this come into this with my my uh anti-facebook bias but also it does feel like some of those voices are very out of touch and also it's it's so hard to know what this is gonna look like like okay so are concerts gonna be uh just vr or are they gonna be uh like digital and vr because right now they're just digital they're just regular old yeah. on your te- on your screen and that seems to be pretty cool for most people i don't know that like you know would i really want to be in like a digital mosh pit or stand like not <laughs> really right like it doesn't do anything for me so th- there's a lot of like uncertainty with uh how much of this will be vr or ar related um how much of this can be uh it just utilizing like existing tech how much does it really replace like the internet as we know it and uh, I think that there the the voices that that are out there, and there's more than just Zuckerberg. I don't want to just focus on him. Um, there's uh, you know Tim Sweetie's big on it too, the, the Epic Games guy that is. Um, Roblox, funny enough, uh, it likes to talk about themselves as kind of doing uh, uh, metaverse stuff, which is is you know it's interesting. I don't really know anything about Roblox, so I didn't look into them at all with this. Uh, but <laughs> it's interesting because. Uh, oh, and obviously there's a huge NFT and crypto integration with all this. Uh, of course. The idea yeah. of like NFTs right now that you're purchasing being your avatar forever going forward. And that's why there's like some of them are valuable. Like some of the, the NFT like art that's out there right now. I don't know. Uh, I don't know how true that is or how much people will care about transferring your NFT from one platform to another. Um, and all of this is to say I just... I am critical of the idea that like our current, uh, you know, big names in tech will have all of the answers. And I think all of the answers that they're saying right now, they are saying in part because they're hoping to speak it into existence for their own reasons. Like Facebook wants you to be uh, focused on the work side of things because Facebook is in the work side of things. They aren't the Netflix. Yeah. They are uh, the concert, uh, the the concert venues. They're not, uh, the sports teams, they are the people who can facilitate uh, a workplace interaction, right? And that's why they bring up workplace interactions. I have I have more I want to say. I just, I, I don't really, I don't know. I feel like I'm just repeating myself, but. No, you can tell. It, it is. Say it. it say is, it. You're good. No, no. I don't, I don't even know. I don't, I don't know how to express it. Like, it's just, it feels simultaneously crazy, but also inevitable, if that makes sense. Like. It does. It, it This seems so outlandish like the idea the short... of experiential media like digital it, spaces. yeah yeah like it seems far away in the short term but in the long term and long term honestly being defined as five years to ten years from now sure. seems inevitable and it's like that's a weird place to live in like it, it just i don't really know how to say it other than that like it just this seems crazy but also the most inevitable thing that i could think of no, I, I i don't know it's weird. That, it's that very makes, weird. That makes perfect sense to me too. It, it feels like the thing that's that sci-fi has always said will happen, and so we have a vision of it in our head, and it the vision actually kind of makes sense, right? Like of like, yeah, why couldn't you just you know go to a VR version of of the Grand Canyon? Like why not? Well, and and like legitimate, like the I could not get it out of my head. Like the thought of going to the Super Bowl in VR. As opposed to watching it on my TV. Oh, and Jeff, Jeff, like, being able to like walk around like from the from the half uh, from the midfield line or whatever from uh, like imagine if imagine if there was a VR version of the Super Bowl that you could watch if that was your team, and you could like walk behind the players, like not up to the line. players, but like right behind so the players. No, not even the fifty yard line. You could walk all the way from thirty to thirty, just like the players can, like just behind yeah. the players a little bit. And you could watch that entire thing happen. And you could see all the players reacting. Like, how much would you pay for that? Like, if a lot, 
Like a lot. I would pay a lot. Oh. You you got it completely on the nose because I'd pay a couple hundred bucks for really good seats to a good basketball game, right? Um, right. But like you could get better seats than you'd ever get. Like you'd get better seats than Jack has because Jack still has to watch the other side of the court from from whatever side of the court yeah. he's on, right? Exactly. So like you'd literally have the best seats that, uh, of all time, and yeah, yeah. And um, honestly. Like what it would get to to the point of is like you can literally walk on the mother effing field wherever you want <laughs> and just like be the referee more or less and yeah. like and just enjoy the game from wherever you want. Like that is what it's going to get to. Yep. And at that point, those tickets are way more valuable than like watching it in person from the stadium. Are you kidding me? Totally like if agree. you could just like stand on the field and watch it. And like hear everything the way that everybody else hears it, like that is I don't know that that is the sort of stuff that I just like. It seems madness, but it doesn't seem madness long term. Like that seems very realistic. Like we're yeah. we're really good at turning experiences into money. <laughs> so totally, I, I, I only feel like that's just inevitable. Yeah. I don't know. Anyways, to- totally. I I uh, I'll end with uh like. And that's the kind of monetization that I hope that we see with it. There's talk about like how do you monetize stuff and whatever else. I mean, just just sell tickets, dude. Just, just sell tickets, dude. Like, yeah, for real. Uh, I I really hope that it's not like advertisements <laughs> in the space. <laughs> Gosh dang it! I know. Uh, I know. It I probably mean, freaking will be. <laughs> did Did you have you seen Ready Player One? Because it's no, I have it's, not. It's okay. So like, I'm gonna alienate somebody here, but it's not a good movie. It's a it's a very very bad movie. But the the game it's basically like set in a, a dystopia where corporations are like running the world and everybody's playing this one video game to uh you know get away from how bad the world has become. And the the bad guy is the corporation that runs the game, and their their secret thing that they're they're planning on is implementing ads all over your VR screen. And they're like, we can cover sixty percent of the screen with advertisements without inducing a seizure. And oh my <laughs> like, gosh. I, I just, that's the most like I mean it's very very on the nose with it right with its criticism of advertising. But have you watched it, Idiocracy? Have you yeah, watched Idiocracy? It, yes, okay. I have. But like that literally sounds like Idiocracy. It like, really does. Oh my gosh! It's, that's exactly what I was going to say. Is it's very it's. I mean that's the reason that it's feared so much is because we could just all see it, it happening, right? And that's that would be the, the the sad part is if it's like all right, well I do love this this uh this super bowl game but every time there's a timeout i do have to watch a mountain dew ad and that's or i do have to hear about brondo brondo the thirst <laughs> mutilator <laughs> good old brondo oh my gosh oh, all right okay uh nick we need to go <laughs> we need to it's not that we want to it's not that anything else we need to go We're required by law actually unfortunately. patreon only podcast yes required by law brondo um, has required it and Brando has made it so. Uh, it's called The Year We Started Another Podcast. It's a podcast where we talk about uh, like NFL stuff, but also other things too, probably. We probably. narrowed it. Like, we, we, I don't make Nick call all the games anymore. Only no. some of the games. But it's still fun. Uh, so, yeah, if you want to check that out, you can go to patreon.com forward slash Tywisap. And you can also follow us at Tywisap on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, youtube but not ch- snapchat and you can find all of that at tywasap.com not not snipchat perfect good job yes. Nick. did i say snipchat i'm good I'm i good. think you started to anyways uh nick thank you so much for potting with me <laughs> for a whole year oh man for a whole year what that is wild it is wild. so wild it's crazy i appreciate you sir you're welcome this has been the year we started the podcast thank you all for listening